Hello, and welcome to Making the Case, a podcast produced by the Tennessee Attorney General's Office. I'm Samantha Fisher, Communications Director and Host. The Tennessee Attorney General's Office is the law firm for the state and manages a wide variety of cases, antitrust, consumer fraud, environmental enforcement, and much more. The work is complex, challenging, sometimes even controversial. If you like history and law, come along with us for Making the Case, My guest today is former Tennessee Attorney General Paul Summers. General Summers served as AG from 1999 through September 2006. He was also a former appellate and senior judge and district attorney. He co-chairs the Coalition to Preserve the Independence of the United States Supreme Court. The Coalition is a bipartisan, nonpartisan group of former state attorneys general who support an amendment to the Constitution that would permanently preserve the number of Supreme Court justices to nine. And that's what he's here to discuss today. Welcome to Making the Case, General Summers. Thank you so much. I appreciate your interest, and I'm really glad to be back at my old office at the Attorney General's office. Yeah, Thank how did, you. How did it feel to walk in the doors again? Well, I got lost uh, <laughs> with this new renovation parked in the wrong parking spot there there are 231 r's but nonetheless i got here fine well we're delighted to have you back this is a really important subject and something that is has been in the news quite a lot and and just in doing a little bit of research it was informative for me to learn that our constitution is silent on the number of supreme court justices it seems like it's always been nine it's been nine since 1869 the supreme court uh, number is silent in the Constitution of the United States. Our forefathers, when they created the Constitution on or about 1789, did not put any number. What they did was they made the Supreme Court and the judiciary an independent branch of government, and then they left it up to the, to the Congress as to how many justices could be on the Supreme Court. They also left it up to the justices to determine, strike that. They also left it up to the Congress to determine uh, how many uh, courts there were, how many federal district courts there were, how many circuit courts there were. But yes, the number is not set in stone as nine in the, uh, in the Constitution of the United States. Now, that said, uh, it has been nine since 1869. It's worked well, and I can go into the reasons why it should stay at nine based on, on the question that you asked me. <laughs> yes, why do you think it has worked well at nine? I know in other developed countries that that seems to be a good number. The The number of Supreme Court justices has vacillated between five and ten uh, for the first 75, 80 years of our country. In 1869, after the Civil War, it was 10, and then it was reduced to 9. The number has remained at 9 since 1869, or 152 years. The reason that we feel that a constitutional amendment is necessary is because our, our judiciary is, is a crown jewel for democratic republics around the world. Uh, we have two completely political branches of government. The Congress uh, in Article One of the Constitution, which is purely political, they base their decisions on politics and polls and public sentiment and public pressure and culture. 
The president is also, the executive branch, Article 2, is also a purely political branch. They make their decisions based on polls. They make their decisions based on the ballot box, either two years, four years, or six years. Our forefathers not only were smart, they were clairvoyant. They saw that they, they had two political branches, and they needed that third branch to be completely independent from the other two. Politicians make their decisions on polls. Judges are supposed to make their decisions based on what the Constitution says and what the law says, so long as that those laws are constitutional. Judges are supposed to be and absolutely should be independent, independent from politics, independent from pressure and from polls and things of that nature. Judges are supposed to follow the rule of law, the rule of law being simply what we read in the Declaration of Independence, that is that every man and woman in America is endowed with certain unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. All people are treated equally. And, and finally, the judiciary needs to be independent because it serves as a checks and balances on the abuse of power by the other two branches. Now, we have become politicized in the nomination and the appointment process. We all realize that. But at the same time, once a judge is nominated and then passes their confirmation process, he or she serves for good behavior for a lifetime. And that's why it's important that our forefathers realize that the judges need to be independent. We're talking about this in the Tennessee Attorney General's office. Just for those listening, and this may seem like an obvious question to you, but why is this important at this level to the state attorneys general? What happens at the Supreme Court? Our Constitution, our United States Constitution, says that the, the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. And any laws that are passed under the Constitution by the Congress and signed by the President, they are supreme to any other law, including state laws including federal regulations, including state regulations, including any type of uh, state codification. Because the Supreme Court is the court of last resort, there is no appeal. The Supreme Court decides constitutional questions primarily, particularly constitutional questions from the states. The Supreme Court of the United States is absolutely the final answer on what is or what is not constitutional. Like, for example... You may have a law that uh, is passed by the state and it's been attacked or been uh, a lawsuit's been filed against it saying that it is unconstitutional because it does not follow the Constitution of the United States of America. Ultimately, that case will wind its way up to the United States Supreme Court and the Supreme Court will decide what is or what is not constitutional. There is no appeal. Now, why is that important to an attorney general? Well, it's important for the judges to be independent. It's important for us to know that they are independent, that they follow the rule of law. Uh, as my research shows, we had approximately six Supreme Court appeals when I was attorney general. They range from the death penalty. They range from the rights of people under, under the ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act, to have the state provide uh, suitable quarters for them in the courthouses and in the judiciary. Uh, we, we, had, we had cases uh, that involved voting acts. Mm -hmm. it's, it's insurmountable how important the United States Supreme Court is, and we've got to make sure it keeps to be independent and doesn't become politicized. One more thing. If we do not 
have a firewall such as a keep nine constitutional amendment, which is only 13 words, by the way, then that that acts as a firewall against the concept of court packing. I'll be glad to get into that when you ask me that question. And that is my next question. But just to give some background here, Senate and House Democrats introduced legislation to expand the number of justices from nine to 13. Many feel that this is uh, in order to guarantee you know, victories on issues that are important to uh, the Democrats. The Biden administration also created a commission comprised almost exclusively of law professors to review proposed changes to the Supreme Court. General Summers, on the coalition, you know, who do you have there and what kind of traction is the Keep Nine Amendment getting? It's very interesting. Uh, we, we find very few Democrats at the national level right now that will support a Keep Nine Amendment. However, back about a year and a half ago, back in 1999, there were 15 former attorneys general. These are lawyers. These are people who, some of whom have argued before the United States Supreme Court. These are individuals who understand the judiciary and understand the legal system. Of those 17 former attorneys general, eight were Democrats. Seven were Republicans. Now we've got a lot more former attorneys general and current attorneys general, such as your attorney general here in Tennessee, Herbert Slatery, who support the Keep Nine Amendment. We are, we, it is a challenge to get members, particularly Democratic members of the legislative branch, to support it. We will eventually. Now, you asked me the question, uh, what is court packing? And secondly, what about the, the Biden proposition to uh, have a commission and all of that? And also the Nadler bill, which I believe uh, fell on its face after about two days after it was introduced. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the reasons, one of the reasons that court packing is so, you know, is such an antipathy toward our democratic constitutional way is that what happens is one party gets in power uh, both in the Article One, the legislative branch, the congressional branch, and Article Two, the executive branch. They get into power, and then they decide, well, let's add some numbers to the Supreme Court so that we can pack it with people of the same political ideology that we have. That is, we're liberal. We want to pack it with liberal Supreme Court justices that will always vote in our favor. Likewise, could work the other way around. Eventually, the other side gets into power. After about 15 years, 10, 15 years, other side gets into power. What happens then if, if the previous party, say, added five Supreme Court justices? What is the new party going to do? Mm-hmm. The next thing you know, you've got 23 members of the United States Supreme Court, and that's just like a banana republic. We don't want that. We have got to realize that we've got a crown jewel in the Democratic way that we do business. We have got a crown jewel in the independent judiciary. We want to keep it at nine. One more thing. We want to make sure that judges make their decisions based on what the Constitution says and not what the last poll said. To your last point, some of the most prominent politically sensitive Supreme Court cases in history have involved justices ruling against the parties that put them in power, truly acting as a check on the other branch. How about, the, how about the recent cases involving uh, the election of 2020? A lot of people said, well, uh, since uh, Trump uh, put three justices on the Supreme Court, then he surely is going to win those cases. That didn't get off second base. So that, that shows you, I, I rest your case based, just based on that particular circumstance. We want people who want to do the right things. You know, it doesn't, I've been a judge for probably about 
50% of my career in some shape, form, or fashion. Judges require three things. Number one, you need to know something about the law of that particular case. If you're not the most astute person in that room, then you get the lawyers to educate you on becoming the most astute person. Secondly, you need to know uh, who has the burden of proof. And thirdly, and most importantly, you need to know the difference between right and wrong. And if you have those three ingredients, whether you're in the city court of, of, of Hendersonville, Tennessee, or whether you're in the United States Supreme Court, that is what we call an independent Supreme Court. And that's what we've got now. We've had one. If you look at the track record, there are some cases that 50, 51% of the people say the judges were brilliant. 49% say you can't get any justice in that courthouse. Yeah. So that's the way it ought to be. When you were the Attorney General of Tennessee, you argued before the Supreme Court. What, what was that like? Arguing before the Supreme Court, I, uh, th- this, this is not an original quote of Paul Summers, but I've said it enough, I'm going to incorporate it. Uh, Jerry Smith is the one who actually told me this because he argued before the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court, uh, arguing before the court, is like a professional baseball player pitching two innings in the World Series. Mm-hmm. I can remember studying hard every Wednesday afternoon and Thursday for about two months before my argument. And then as I was getting packed up and ready to go, the Supreme Court issued, issued an order. Before I was going to go to Washington, D.C., I was going to drive up there before the Supreme Court argument. And they issued an order demanding that uh, both parties brief on two separate and entirely different issues than what I've been studying for the last two months. <laughs> that's a and, nightmare. <laughs> uh, that's a, uh, it, it was a nightmare. Well, anyway, the long and short of it is they did it. My beautiful, wonderful professional staff did it. Uh, they sent me the copy of my uh, uh, of my additional two arguments on a BlackBerry. That's right. It was the BlackBerry. And, and I studied and I studied those arguments on a BlackBerry while we were driving up to Washington D.C. And then, of course, it, it you don't it doesn't take it doesn't take somebody very smart to figure if they want you to brief on those two issues. Those are the two only two issues they're probably interested in, and they work well. Anyway, uh, I got through the argument just fine. Uh, I was glad it was over with. Uh, I was glad I did it. Uh, but it's like pin- pitching two itch- innings in the World Series if you're a pro baseball player. Yeah, the biggest show for any lawyer. It's great. And it's a hot court, too. They know what they're talking about. What they're talking about in Washington right now is, is not a new endeavor. FDR tried this, That's too, right? right? Uh, uh, in 1937, FDR was in power. His, his party was in power. He was in power. He decided that he wanted to add, I think it was six Supreme Court uh, justices to the court. Well, he failed miserably, and it emboldened his opponents, and it divided his allies. And it hasn't been tried since that time. There there has been talk now uh, of it being tried. Representative uh, Chairman Nadler filed a bill which uh, was uh, torpedoed uh, shortly thereafter, but we all know, common sense tells us everybody knew he was going to file it. But I think, quite frankly, one party doesn't want to talk about court packing before the 2020 mm-hmm. elections. Uh, but we're not going to allow them not to talk about it. We're going to keep it on the front burner. And that is, it's really a two-part question. Uh, you, you're running for Congress. You're running for the United States Senate. You're running for President of the United States. You're running for, for constable in Sumner County. You ask this question, do you believe in court packing? 
Your answer is, well, absolutely not. That's a terrible thing. Well, that's good. Let me ask you a second question. Do you believe in supporting the Keep Nine Constitutional Amendment to keep the number of justices as nine? If they say, I don't know, or if they say, no, then you know where they stand because they, 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 need, to say, they need to be against court packing and they also need to pr- provide a firewall against future court packing in the Keep Nine Amendment. General Summers, one of the arguments um, we hear for increasing the number of justices is administrative. They say, well, there's 13 judicial districts. There should be 13 justices. It, it's, worked, it's worked really well in the last few years. Uh, well, since for the last 152 years with nine. Remember this. The Supreme Court is a court of, well, at least in, in state cases, unless it's a state versus a state or some other limited number of cases, it is a purely a certiorari court. That is, they can grant permission uh, for you to appeal. I don't think the numbers of, of, of opinions or the number of cases has increased or diminished tremendously. I think that's a false argument. Uh, they can always, it, quite frankly, they can, the Congress can add as many trial courts and as many uh, circuit courts as they want, but remember that they have complete discretion on the cases that they hear. The cases that they hear generally are cases where it's never been decided before or when the different 13 circuits are split up some way or another, and they are the court of last resort. That's a false argument. Last question, General Summers. You know, a constitutional amendment, it it can be an uphill battle no matter what the subject matter is. What do you see for the future here in in the next few months or maybe years? Well, sure, it's an uphill battle. the way that we are approaching it is that in the 13-word amendment, the Supreme Court of the United States shall be composed of nine justices. It's, it would be the shortest amendment to the Constitution. It would be the 28th amendment to the Constitution. That means that the Constitution, including the Bill of Rights right after the 1789 Constitution, has been amended 27 times. Now, all of these amendments require either a constitutional convention, which hasn't been, hasn't been had since about 1789, or the most popular way and the one that's most prevalent is to have two-thirds of the House and the Senate approve a resolution and then three-quarters of the states ratify that resolution. Well, the issue is, well, doesn't that take a long time? Well, it took us 100 years, over 100 years, into 19th Amendment for women to have the right to vote. I think it's worth whatever amount of time it takes. I want to say that one of the most important, if not the most important aspect that we have in our constitutional democratic republic called the United States of America is the crown jewel of an independent judiciary and particularly an independent Supreme Court. General Summers, thank you so much for joining us. You can find out more information at keep9.org. Making the Case is a podcast from the Tennessee Attorney General's Office. Visit our website at tn.gov slash attorney general. Thanks again for being with us and please subscribe and join us for our next episode.